You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, non-plus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. What's that one? Ass to ass. Ass to ass. Um, come on. With Ellen Burstyn, and she's cracked out on diet pills. Requiem? Yes. Requiem for a dream. <laughs> yes. Okay. I put that movie out of my head. I do not like it. I, I may have told this story on the show before, but that movie was played at a slumber party. Like a little, like, oh, gay boys. Slumber party Uh-oh. in high school. And I tried to flirt during it. <laughs> I ended up sleeping on the pool table in the garage that night. Yeah. Uh, Another episode of Non Plus to Gay Romp through the Disney Plus Vault. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh. And this is Non Plus to Mischief Media Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hello, honey. It's post Leaky Con season. I'm sure some of you have the post Leaky Con blues. Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit why our last episode was delayed because, hey, sometimes you need to rest after a con. We didn't go, but this is a small ship over here. And hey, Sometimes people working cons are also uploading podcasts, and that's just fine. Yeah, absolutely fine. Especially considering there's really no rush for any of this content. (laughs) Not for this. We've accidentally done a a little bit of a theme for this month. But before we get into that, mischiefmerch.com. If you didn't get a chance to go to LeakyCon Chicago, they've got your LeakyCon Chicago merch up there. And perhaps your uh, interest in political things has peaked for one reason or another. Guess what? There's a whole line of stuff. For West Wing fans over at mischiefmerch.com. Remember, if you buy anything from the MCU line or a non-plus item, you can get 10% off your purchase by using code nonplus 10 at checkout. Yeah. Yeah. Quick news. They bumped up the premiere date for Ahsoka. Ooh. It's now coming out on Tuesdays. Uh, uh, starting the twenty second. Yeah. So starting next Tuesday, as we're recording. No, like in two days. Ooh. Yeah. yeah c- coming very very soon. Ooh. Uh, uh, sneak peek behind the curtain. Yes, we're recording this the day before you'll hear it. Um, bless. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah, I didn't it, realize it was this quick. <laughs> no, and I, I, uh, there was some like 
uh, featurettes on YouTube. Yeah, um, and about the yeah. character and like her arc through the different um, animated shows, right? Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Same. Also, there are price hikes coming oh, yeah. to the platform. Um, I'll link IGN's coverage in it. As I was just looking for news for this episode, like stuff that's relevant, that's oh, yeah. not too, you know, because we try to not like, you know, we want you to be able to listen to this and enjoy it whenever. Point is, so many headlines about like, here's how to avoid the Disney Plus price hikes. I mean, A, there's no real way of avoiding it. But no. B, like, I mean, I get that things are increasing, but again, as you're removing content and then you're increasing the price, Which is it's also a bad continuing to happen. Look. Yeah. But, you know, know. Uh, yeah. That yeah. said, uh, the Percy Jackson premiere date and trailer are both here. Uh, we'll link the Hollywood Reporter article on that. But yes, there's a brand new trailer uh, that supplements some of the stuff that came out this summer from Comic Con. I think this, this might have actually been shown at Comic Con. Oh, that's cool. Um, but the. Um, the announcement came on August 18th, which is the character's birthday. Um, and it'll be uh, debuting, premiering, whatever, with a two-episode premiere on December 20th. Nice. Also, Loki is moving to Fridays. I missed that. Yeah, so that's uh, it's no longer going to be Wednesdays. It will be Fridays. Not sure what the, the actual premiere date is, but it will be a Friday. I'm excited for that to come on Fridays. I don't think we've had any, uh, any stuff come out on Fridays before. That's fine. No. And it's honestly kind of interesting because the movies generally come out on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, which kind of made sense why they would have it on a Wednesday mm-hmm. because it wouldn't interfere well, with but people no going films. to the movie. There's no films coming, but yeah, till November. So absolutely. Absolutely. And by then this will be done. Yeah, for sure. So why not? I'm excited. Oh, and finally my jumping the shuttle episode is now live. It went live yes. last week. So you can hear me talk about, one of the episodes where Eddie and Steve Urkel become roommates of Family Matters. Listening to him record it was very, very delightful. So and you only heard a third of the conversation. Yes. So imagine what the whole thing sounds like. Alrighty, before we get started, as always, research from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and BoxOfficeMojo.com. Clancy, we found ourselves uh, doing a confessions duology this month. We could have done a trilogy. With True Confessions featuring Shia LaBeouf and I think Christy Carlson Romano. Maybe. Playing two different characters that they played from Even Stevens, I think. But even we didn't want to subject ourselves to that. So yeah. uh, instead, we're we're topping off this um, double feature month yeah. with... We are watching Jerry Bruckheimer's <laughs> Confessions <laughs> of a Shopaholic. Yes. Fucking Jeff, Jeffrey Bruckheim. What does he do with everything about that? I think maybe his wife at the time just really liked the book. Because it was like, it was a, it, it was a, the novel itself made a big hit, made a lot of money. It was big across the pond in England where yeah. it's originally from. It was, and that's kind of what the appeal was. It was an international bestseller. You you have a writing book that literally like references it. Yeah, that, I've talked about it before. The um, Save the Cat book. That's yeah. the, it's the writing for the, um, narrative fiction version of the one about screenwriting that checks the book of this as being a really great example of the save the cat structure. Yeah. Same with because of when Dixie, they also say Harry Potter is, and it is yeah. for better, or for worse it is. Um, but I don't see that trans. I see that this film was built on a book because so much of it is kind of vignetted. Yeah. But I don't see the translation of an international bestseller into an international blockbuster. Yeah, this um, and the cast is not the cast is not. Hold on, let's we'll, yeah. let's blow through the production because there's 
I, all the ingredients for a good film are here. I don't know how it was executed so poorly. Exactly. It was released February 13th, 2009. The other Confessions movie was also released in February. Why are we dumping these odd movies into February's? Probably want, because I we know they when won't make true money. Confessions came out. If it's also February, maybe there's conspiracy. Maybe there's a conspiracy. It was directed by PJ Hogan, screenplay by Tim Firth, Tracy <laughs> Jackson, and Kayla Alpert, and based on uh, the Shopaholic books by Sophie Kinsella. Bless. Yeah. All like right. it's a series. And actually, the film, I think, combines two books. Again, part of the problem because there's too much stuff going on here. There, there is. And not enough to like. But yeah, the, the cast is kind of wild. We've got Isla Fisher as Rebecca Bloomwood. Hugh Dancy as Luke Brandon. Kristen Ritter as Suze Cleef Stewart. John Goodman as Graham Bloomwood. Joan Cusack as Jane Bloomwood. John Lithgow as Edgar West. Kristen Scott Thomas as Alette Naylor. Leslie Bibb as Alicia Billington. Robert Stanton as Derek Smith. Lynn Redgrave as Drunken Lady at Party. Julie Haggerty as Haley. Nick Cornish as Tarquin Cleath Stewart. Stephen Guarino as Alan. Fred Armisen as Ryan Koenig. Wendy Malik as Miss Korch. Clea Lewis as Miss Pazinski. John Sally as D Freak. Lennon Parham as Joyce. And Christine Ebersole as Morning Coffee Host. Oh, that's too many people. And that's um, only like half the credited cast because this film has a lot down. of cameos. Yeah. It's got a lot of cameos, but it's also just got credits for everybody. Really, truly. And I, again, that cast, you would think, could turn out uh, an amazing comedy, even if it is a romantic comedy. And I say it that way because it feels like that was the notion going in. I feel like the thing that fucked this up was sort of uh, production, maybe studio. Yeah. Because so, these are all stellar actors. The physical comedy when Isla Fisher is allowed to actually like, you know, be a goofball. Cause that's what she's good at is being a hot goofball. Yeah. Um, but they, it, they oddly try to ground it too many times. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's dumb is what it the, is. The type of film changes consistently. And I know we say that sort of flippantly throughout the show. Um, but I think it, it's really true for this. I don't really, I hadn't seen this before. Yeah, it is bizarre because the one of the writers on this, he also wrote Kinky Boots. Uh, he wrote some other things that are actually good movies. Yeah. So I don't know where the breakdown happened. I don't either. I'm not familiar with this director, um, yeah. but I, I I am now more inclined to write the book, uh, write the books, to read the books, <laughs> actually, because... I have to understand what went wrong. I have to understand how this internationally beloved story became this kind of shit can of a movie. Exactly. Because you like Muriel's wedding. I love directed that. Okay. <laughs> he also directed my best friend's wedding. He directed the new, the Peter P 2003 Peter Pan. And this was all before confessions of a shopaholic. So yeah, not I, sure I like happened. some of those films. Yeah. Like, yeah, it must be it must have been a a studio thing. Yeah. To make this outcome cuz it even looks like the actors are having fun from time to like especially yeah. the Kristen Stewart Ela Fisher's uh is it Ela or Isla? I'm probably going to use it in interchangeably. Yeah. Um their scenes together look like they're having fun. Yeah. So I don't understand. You know, the, the the people in this don't look like they're Yeah, it's just it's paced like a slog. It's, it's, it's almost uh, like it should have been like a limited series. 
would have been much like it would have been better for it for almost like a one season absolutely sure hey if if nobody at max or well i mean nobody's making deals right now anyway but i have i have a feeling that if you did this and also actually set it in england yeah because i feel like a lot of this gets lost in translation too and that's why it's just not as effective yeah um because she just looks like a stupid woman who's uh embarrassed on national tv and then makes it like i I don't know i don't know like there's there are echoes of bridget jones diary here and whatever you think about that film or that book it was an international bestseller that made an international blockbuster that spawned not just an additional sequel from one of the books but its own i think the third film is its own thing i don't think there was a book that that one's based off of and they still made money People liked it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, I don't know what happened here. Like in, in 2006, uh, that's when Devil Wears product came out. Yeah. So like this is literally like it it had everything to work with. There mm-hmm. were problems with Devil Wears product, but Devil Wears product had a had a, a, a voice and a view. This just felt so fucking fake. Like the whole thing just seemed so fucking like out of touch and it just yeah. there's no there's no ground in any you sort of realism. You don't get the sense of increased risk as she's telling these additional lies because no. you don't understand why she's lying to begin with. Like we She we, doesn't have a reason. Throughout the whole film, we're never given the thing that's gonna make us be okay with her lie like yeah. to identify with her struggles. She's just like, Oh my god, how these crack guys that is still his money. At least, at least with sure. confession of a teenage drama queen, she was lying because she didn't want people to know what her actual past was. She yeah, wanted to yeah. make herself. Into she something wanted to different. reinvent herself as a as a form of ego when she needed to live in herself yeah. and let people love her for who she is. Yeah, this movie Absolutely. was basically like, hey, what happens if this you know young person has yeah has credit card debt? But also like, like this also isn't the everyman of credit card debt. You know what no. I mean? They're not. It's not always. More often than not, it's things like uh, uh, housewares and electronics and, you know, people are blowing credit cards at Target, not at Barney's. But maybe that's my own perspective because I'm from the suburbs of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, My mom's biggest bill was her Macy's bill. (laughs) Like, that's where I'm at. For sure. And that's the thing is, like, when you think about it in that context, that makes more sense. And she loved that red apple sale. (laughs) All right. Well, let's stop talking about it and actually talk about it. (laughs) Shall we? please. All right. Rebecca Becky Bloomwood is a young girl dreaming of shopping with credit cards who grows into a shopping addict living in New York City with her best friend, Suze. She works as a journalist for a gardening magazine, but is interviewing for her dream job at a fashion mag, Alette. On her way to the interview, she tries to purchase a green scarf, but her credit card is declined. Rebecca goes to a hot dog stand and offers to buy all the hot dogs with a check if the seller gives her back change in cash, claiming that the scarf is meant for a uh, gift for a sick aunt. The vendor refuses, but another customer gives her $20 she needs for the scarf. She arrives to her interview to find this position has been filled, but gets a tip that there's an open position at another magazine at the publisher, Successful Saving, explaining that could eventually lead to a position at Alette. Rebecca interviews with editor Luke Brandon, only to find that he's the man who had given her $20, and when she tries to hide the scarf, it is eventually revealed that her story was a fib, and she leaves. That evening, she and Suze get drunk and write a pitch to Alette and hate mail to Successful Saving, but in her intoxicated state, Rebecca mails each letter to the wrong magazine. Luke likes the letter she meant to send to Alette and hires her. 
After another shopping spree, Rebecca realizes a coat she bought is not 100% cashmere, and she has been duped, which gives her an idea for her column. When Luca proves and asks for her byline, Rebecca is hesitant to use her real name, so he publishes her under the moniker The Girl in the Green Scarf. Uh-oh, credit card debt. So, like, I mean, I get that this is like the whole the whole thing is that, you know, she's like got debt collectors that are right. trying to call her and that, you know, she's trying to dodge them with all these stories and making up all these lies and, and like, also yes, we can, lying to everyone around her. We can connect with the understanding that as a kid, you don't always get what you want and sometimes yeah. you want more and that that can eventually do you being someone who shops a lot. When I was a little girl, there were real prices and mom prices. Real prices got you shiny, sparkly things that lasted three weeks, and mom prices got you brown things that lasted forever. Did you notice they were 50% off? Oh, yes. But I, it feels like it's starting out kind of a Christmas story-esque, but then from here on out, it can't decide what it wants to be. With these actors, yeah. you think it wants to be a more enjoyable comedy, at least. Something like- Sometimes it's leaning too hard into rom-com, Sometimes it's leaning too hard into slapstick. I like the slapstick moments. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't connect with Becky at all. Like I don't, there's, there's nothing that is. Becky with the red hair. Becky with the red hair. There's nothing redeeming about her. We never see Becky save the cat. We're never given a reason really to like Becky. Yeah. What in her struggle makes her do this? These hooks aren't as universal. I don't think no, as people and assume. they're making fun of addiction and it's yeah. re- really kind of shitty. Like I, I don't, I don't mm, the act of making fun of addiction in and of itself is not shitty. This is a poorly executed satire. On That's it. what I'm saying. It's like, this doesn't really get to that level of satire. This feels like they are making fun of addiction yeah and making it seem like it's not a big deal and maybe that's yeah. the problem is is that the hards aren't swinging as hard as no. as the the high the lightness there's only one hard moment that happens in this movie and it's like towards the end yeah I mean, we'll get to it but like that's the only point where it's like okay yeah somebody is actually trying to act here everyone else it, it just doesn't feel like it there are no stakes. No, it doesn't it, matter. I mean, the stakes are debt, 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 and somebody's sure, after. But even but like, then, like what's... file for bankruptcy or like maybe have things taken away from her. Just having this fucking creeper of a debt guy following her around is fucking stupid. I Especially just don't like it because there is a valid commentary there about how debt is collected in America. Yeah, and we kind of get to it with a line that he throws away in the background later about um, earning a commission on this stuff. Yeah. But that's why I think a lot of this is lost in translation when you move it to New York, because I think there's a different relationship with debt and debt relief yeah. in the UK. I could be wrong, but still, like all of this feels very shallow and I don't understand why I should yeah. care, to your point. Um, but what is this outfit that she's in at the beginning? I know. Why is she always in gloves? I mean, I guess New York, sometimes it's just cold outside. It's cold. But these like driving gloves, these bright, like for someone who's supposed to be a character that's fashion forward. She just looks kooky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even it, the, all of the outfits are like, you had even mentioned this while we were watching it. It's like, you, they've made a lot of fashion faux pas in this. Like there's, there's a lot of weird choices. Yeah. Almost as if someone who does not understand the fashion world thought, I bet this is what fashion people are like. Yeah. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer. All that said, the apple snake purse <laughs> that they're reaching for at the beginning is very is rad. I love the, the like fairy and bug decor in this store, but we barely get to look at it. Um, the next note that I had was I, I love Kristen Ritter and I miss Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, 
She's great. I need to see her in more stuff. She's great in this. She she's she is good in this. I'm not trying to break down any of the actors here because again, they're just doing the best that they can with a pile of shit. Yeah, like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. I don't know whose fault it is. Maybe we'll find out by the end of this, but I'm not making any promises. No. Then it becomes a Doctor Who episode because mannequins start talking to her. <laughs> Holy what the shit. shit. This was inappropriate. Scary. This was not necessary. It, so this is one of the few times in this film it could have made a left turn into an odd psychological thriller. Yes. And honestly, I would have liked that. Like she went crazy thinking that an- mannequins were coaxing her into buying things. And then when and she kicked the habit, psychosis. all the mannequins started chasing her and killing her. And then that's like, oh no, her addiction killed her. Yeah. That would have been much more fun. Kind of like... um. Requiem for a dream. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was like, I, I've put that movie out of my head. I do not like it. That movie is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Fan. Um, we got to talk about this movie cause we're almost a half an hour in. I we know. barely touched on it. I know. Um, I love the narrating homo at the front desk. She has the longest legs in the world. She notes resentfully. Great. Uh, Faulty. Nice scarf. Thanks. Bought it for the interview. Scusi. Come on. As we speak, interviews are being held at Successful Saving. The Money Magazine. Snort not, sweet child. He is such a cliche. It really is. And that's what again, I feel like that's even what it in 2009, gross. it would have felt like a cliche. It feels a little bit insensitive and a little bit like uh, tokenism. It's token. It's. I don't think it's insensitive. I think they know what they're doing and don't care to be sensitive. Like it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm explaining it incorrectly. Like they did exactly what they meant to do, and I think that that actor is a homosexual. I didn't look it up, but even if he's not, like it's not a bad role. It's somewhat representative, but it's like, like let's do something else. Yeah. It's time for something else. Yeah. I also. It's a lot of pressure to be putting on her whole thing with going with trying to work at this other magazine. If I get this job, it fixes everything. Right. Like that mentality is such a toxic mentality to begin with. And again, they make that a big focus early on and then they kind of don't resolve it. Yeah. She doesn't end up working in the magazine. Spoiler alert. But at the same time, it's like, would it really have been they They do a poor job of continually holding up the mirror to a let to compare the two. Yeah. Because I think in hindsight, that's what they're trying to do. This is where she is and this is where she wants to be. And every yeah. time she's encountering where she wants to be, she gets a little bit, um, you know, taken down a peg or whatever. And that's trying to show that the thing she thinks she wants isn't the thing that she actually wants. Well, yeah. Which is a tenant of the Save the Cat storyline structure. Mm-hmm. So we're still there so far, but it's not executed. She could also just stop lying and shit like this would stop happening to her. Yeah, I don't understand like lying to yourself about why you need a thing is one thing but feeling like you need to lie to other people about why you bought something maybe it's just because look addiction runs in my family and i've kicked cigarettes at least twice now Mm -hmm. i don't understand this aspect of it (laughs) i was gonna ask because you do have like as someone that has struggled my, with addiction my dad never lied about his alcohol now i would sometimes lie about whether or not i was going out to have a cigarette yeah but not to the degree that it ruined my life <laughs> exactly because you're not running up credit card debt buying cigarettes yeah like, that's uh, yeah now there was a time in college where i was counting pennies to buy cigarettes <laughs> yeah but, but they that, were cheaper but, but then that, but again like that's that's a 
if that's what was happening here, it's a different story. Yeah, it is. It would be a different story. But this one is just like and much more mm, relatable. Yeah, than just, I've got all these credit cards. I need mm. clothes. Yeah, maybe Ooh. that's the disconnect for me is that she's feeling like these things are going to define who she is, and she wants to be this very specific image. Like I get that. Yeah. But even if I were that person, I don't know that I would do it with clothes. I, he says, gazing around at board games and Legos and Disney prints. You know <laughs> what I mean? These things bring us joy. And honestly, it probably brings her joy, too. And like she even mentions it later. There's a line where she's talking about how the clothes. It's like a fleeting. It's a yeah. fleeting feeling that she has. Again, it's the, the relatability is is pretty rough. But yeah, she. She could have said anything else about the scarf. Like once she gets into the interview and realizes, uh oh, I'm about to get caught. For the physical family. Oh, yes. I, I'm sorry. But not, not a moment too soon. I believe Miss Bloomwood, uh, you dropped your scarf. <coughs> she died. Oh, Miss Bloomwood, you have had a very, very tough um, 25 minutes. I'm so glad you understand. You know, so many people just... Right. Okay, so... She could have said in that moment, you know what? I was just trying to... Like, I, I wanted the scarf for this interview. And for whatever reason... You know what? Like, just play I was it just off. Trying to get a, I was just trying to get ahead. I was That's just all. trying to get ahead. I, You know, my card was declined, and I didn't have time to call and figure it out. So I was just trying to figure out what I could do. Even then... Oh, that's understandable. Card decline. Maybe somebody like she tries to say early on stole her card. I mean, would that be funny? I don't know. But I also didn't find it funny to begin with. That's the, that's the problem is I think it's trying too hard to make it funny yeah. and doing the lies and getting caught in the lies almost immediately. There's all of these conflicts that happen in this movie that immediately get resolved in the next that's, scene. Yeah, that's why I feel like it, the fingerprints of being a booker there it wasn't it yeah. wasn't effectively translated, I don't think, because because yeah, you need to give those things some time. You can't show the gun and then immediately use it. Like yeah. and then not show the gun again. Like that's not the way that works. <laughs> right. Similarly, no, not similarly at all. One thing that I had here that was nuts, right? We go into this building, everything's very modern. We're in the lobby of this publishing house yeah everything's sleek white gla- everything's monochromatic alicia comes in in black and white with those bangs did oh, you yeah. realize that's the actress who plays um the reporter in the marvel series she's the one who sleeps with tony you are not authorized to access this area jesus that's jarvis he runs the house i've got your clothes here they've been dry cleaned and pressed and there's a car waiting for you outside that will take you anywhere you'd like to go you must be the famous pepper pots Indeed, I am. After all these years, Tony still has you picking up the dry cleaning. I do anything and everything that Mr. Sark requires, including occasionally taking out the trash. Will that be all? Oh, yeah. She later sleeps with Justin Hammer. And she's still technically in the universe. She did a lot of online shorts and DVD shorts as that news anchor character. Oh, rad. And she was in What If? Hey, get that Marvel money, girl. Christine something. Yeah. Is the character name. I forget. Anyway, point is, all of that at this, you know, Condé Nast analog, mm-hmm. those offices we've been to, by the way. Yeah. But then we get to this financial magazine that is in this modern building with all these glass walls, but has like 200-year-old writing desks for cubicles. It's like somebody said, this is what mm-hmm. a financial magazine that's struggling should look like, despite the fact that it's in this very new and modern building. Yes. The minute that magazine moved into that building, they would have sold all of that furniture which would have gotten three times as much as the new furniture. They would have made a profit oh, yeah. off of that antique furniture buying new modular cubicles. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because the outside of the building and even in his office, uh, the windows are big. There's sleek. the, there's sleekness. But then, yeah, you turn it immediately around and it's like this might just be an office park, which like, is why it makes absolute sense that she runs smack into that glass door because you can see all these wooden like ancient desks. Yeah. You don't expect for the walls to be invisible. <laughs> Uh, man, I, I do have a note here that like th- at this point in the movie, I probably would have walked out like, yeah. and I don't walk out of movies lightly, but at the same time, like if I was in a theater and this is what I was being There's subjected to, I'd be like, nothing, nothing to make us like her no, or connect with her at all. And I haven't laughed at all. No, this is supposed to be a comedy and I'm not having fun. No, like, I uh, laughed at that wig on John Goodman. Like, why are they making him look like Dan Connor in 2009? In <laughs> oh 2009, God, yeah. why are they making him look like Dan Connor? Yeah. Uh, they don't itemize your credit card bills usually. That struck me as odd because they knew, like, on the credit card bills was every individual item that she bought. No. You it's would, usually you would, just the whole store charge. Yeah, you wouldn't You wouldn't know. No. It would be like, mm, Bloomingdale's. What did I buy at Bloomingdale's? Right. And then you would, yeah, this, it's just awful. Like, again, it's not a representation of real life at all. No. In terms of the way that credit card debt works there like, no are funny bits like yeah. hopping on the garment rack to sneak into the fashion magazine that's funny yeah that but w- we're not on board with her yet to laugh enough you know yeah. what i mean well again it's one of those conflicts where it was like she immediately wrote those letters and she sent them off and then we had to immediately immediately resolve. gets a job offer immediately realizes she needs to go snatch that letter and does so right it, it's there's there's no stakes it would have been better. It's so drawn out that whole scene. It would have been better if that letter had gotten delivered, and 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 that had caused the for what's her buckets to have some sort of animosity towards her. Like I don't understand why yeah. the other woman, that the one that actually she's got the just job, a bitch. Yeah, she's rude for no reason, and she doesn't have any reason to no. be. Not until she sees another pretty girl sidling up to an attractive man who she didn't realize worked. At the company because she yeah. introduces herself to him. Who is this character? Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand this at all. And all of this, if all of this is designer, if she's got sixteen thousand dollars in debt to yeah. boutiques and high end department stores, she could make a mint selling it from this point. Yes, that's what she eventually does. But why does it take this much? Yeah, to get her there because none of the shenanigans with the magazine or writing any of these stories or continuing to go in and into debt matter if yeah. she just goes, you know what? Let me just sell some of it. But I guess she has to go through all of that other shit to realize that she's got to get rid of the stuff. But even just giving it away doesn't help. Uh, yeah. It's all, I need to read the book. It's all, it's all, it's all very stupid. Let's move on before we do Fred Armisen. Okay. I love Fred Armisen. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring this why, up later, but like why is he in this? Why movie? did they make him do this? Yeah, this there's so many other actors for this role. You know, I just got a call from Jeff Cantor at Comintex. They're having their stockholders meeting. Yes, I sent someone. Yeah, you did. It's a real find, actually. The girl I sent. Sparky, honest. Exactly the type that I was hoping to find. I mean, I assume that's why Edgar West got you to recruit me. Damn it! Slice. I hired you to fix the bottom line of this magazine. And we know the key to that is advertising revenue. Yeah, he doesn't, I, I this is not who I'd expect Fred Armisen to be. Or he I, needs to go bigger with all of this. Exactly. Because he's Fred Armisen. But the fact that he's playing some sort of straight-laced executive is not a, no. it doesn't work. 
And honestly, it would have been better if he was a sort of quirky executive or somebody to pit him up against Luke and make him an adversary. I I don't see him as a good villain. No. And and even Luke's stakes don't make too much sense here, because then we get to meet Mr. West, who's John Lithgow, who seems perfectly pleasant and reasonable. Yeah. I've just spent a few minutes rather wrapped up in your green scarf. I like it. Uh, she obviously has a, a passion for personal finance. So what are Luke's stakes? Except I'm a rich boy and want to be able to make it on my own. That and the other thing is I, I don't care what happens to him because no. guess what? If he loses his job, he's got fucking tons of money. Yeah, no stakes. Like there's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's no there there. There's no the there. There's nothing here. No, Where? No, no, no. I, how, right. Why are we watching this? I don't know, but we're going to keep going. The girl in the green scarf becomes a huge hit among business groups, and even Rebecca's own parents advise her to read it. Once the article goes international, Rebecca's star appears to be on the rise while her fibs continue to stack up. Although the head of advertising is nervous, Bex wins over the company head, bankers, and even Finns from Nokia as she manages to avoid getting caught in her constant lie that she is fluent in Finnish. At a Miami conference, she does well, but is still being harassed by bill collection agent Smith, whom she is told Luke is an ex-boyfriend who is stalking her. She and Luke share a shopping trip and a dance during which he reveals that despite his mother being a wealthy socialite, he wants to make it on his own. They bond, but she finds out that he and Alicia are not only having dinner, but that she is also Luke's date for an upcoming ball. Returning from Miami, Rebecca is met with renewed confrontations from her debt collector, and Suze makes her attend a Shopaholics Anonymous meeting where she reignites everyone else's shopping addiction as she shops for the ball. There was a really good line, and I want to point this out because it was at one point where I was like, okay, hey, this is maybe a ray of sunshine in this shit pile. Mm -hmm. And it's like, write how you would understand. Now, what firms like Common Text thrive on is an endemic lack of public understanding. They get away with murder because, you know, Macy with a root beer and a $200 investment portfolio, what does she know? What does she actually know about what those guys are doing? What she's told. And if the magazines she looks to for answers aren't asking the right questions, it isn't good for Maisie. I want you to tell the truth in a way that Maisie can understand. That was a, a good thing. I think that, like, made sense. And He gets on her ass for Googling about leads earlier. Yeah. That if there's something you don't have a perspective on, that's literally the first thing you do. Yeah. Is start trying to teach yourself about it. So, fuck that. Why did they go to that shareholders meeting to begin with? What about her approach there was particularly brilliant? She just asked the questions he told her to ask. Yeah, because he could have easily just stood up and said the same thing. Yeah. But like maybe it was that, and this is what's gross, is that maybe he's doing it because she's a woman and maybe they wouldn't have kicked her out. Maybe? I, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I but don't even know. that requires reading into it from from barely any clues. Exactly. And I, I will say, don't. I perked up when I realized that the Bloomwoods have a blanket from Ikea that we used to have. I ran that blanket ragged. I bought that like two years before this movie came out and we got rid of it four years ago because it was basically threadbare. We just don't spend. We save. And we built up quite a little nest egg. Of money. A big nest egg of money. Of dough. Yeah, we do. And so we decided that we wanted to call you here, our only beautiful, lovely daughter, to tell you that, well, we spent it! Every last cent! The note here I have was, ha, you convinced your parents to spend their savings and now you have no inheritance. (laughs) (laughs) I was 
more amused by her not having an out here than, you know, uh, like it, it should, I feel like it should have been played funnier. It should have, it should have like, this was, this was the moment when like, we should have gotten a dolly cam push into the, the character where the, like the space just compresses Yeah, because her world is like, she thought, uh, I've got a little bit of a nest egg here, maybe, mm-hmm. and now it's gone. Let me ask my parents for help. Oops, nope, never mind. I can't. Yeah, we're in. We're at this conference in Miami. I mm-hmm. still don't understand what the conference was for. I guess uh, financial publishers. Maybe. Maybe. I, there's a bar component where she's getting too drunk talking to too many people. Hi, are you from the United North Bank? I run it. I was walking United past your bank the other day. You have the most boring window displays in boring. the world. She means the No, opposite. no, no, I'm serious. Mean? It's as if somebody hit the snooze button in my brain and told me it was okay to sleep uh, for another 10 minutes. Really? Not at all. Yes. Not at all. You need to put some pretty pink umbrellas or something <laughs> yes. to get people in. Mr. Lewis, look. Yeah. I've done that. I don't know that I've always come off as well as she did. But, you know, she's kind of failing upward here, which is charming. Yeah. If the character who's failing upward is charming and we're not really there yet because no. she's just lying all the time. She's she's a terrible person and she's making <laughs> terrible decisions, but it's working out for her. How do you expect me to feel about that? Yeah. Like that's where. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, she does a lot of really great physical comedy in this when she's doing that dance and she's flipping that fan around. Yeah. This is the stuff Ella Fisher is good at. Being a hot goofball. Yeah. Because you love that. You lo- you literally yeah, love to was, see this it. This was a fun scene. Because like she did some of this shit in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. She was like the breakaway fucking goofball in Wedding Crashers. Like, why are we trying to ground this kind of goofery in a my best friend's wedding style approach? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Is that the director couldn't get out of the traditional 90s rom-com mindset and lean a bit harder into the, you know, aughts goofball. Because like. There are goofball romantic comedies that work. Yeah. We've seen a few of them. None of them immediately come to mind because this has blocked out everything in my recent memory. <laughs> but I just, it's just, it feels so clunky. Yeah. And again, just the, the incessant lying going, it's just overboard. And I, so and I, and I just, I get it, but they continue to drill it into my head. And I, again, I want, I checked out. Again, another line that could have been funny in another movie. Yeah. He mentions who his mom is and the saleswoman knows. Eleanor Sherman, New York socialite. Excuse me, did you just say that your mother is Eleanor Sherman? Did she tell you that we dressed her for the Mac Gala? She just looked stunning. Well, congratulations on having such a fabulous mother. That could have been funny. Yeah, it really could have been funny, but also, and like the fact that- She just looks fucking crazy. We dressed her for the Met Gala. Like- Come on. But again, I feel like if we're in a Prada boutique in Covent Garden and everybody's got English accents, that line is funnier. Yes. You know what I mean? It absolutely is. This shouldn't have been in New York. It's yeah. They should have just trusted themselves and kept it in the or listen to the source material. Something. Yeah. The, also, I love how they order drinks and then get up to dance. The drinks are delivered, set down at the table. Ooh, let's dance. Cheers. Mm. Oh, por favor. Pick one. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love this one. Oh no, but look at the red one. The red one's really cute. Pick one. Top. One to question. No, this is gorgeous. Simple. Perfect. But wait, why did you buy me a fan? Because we're going to dance. Oh, I don't know how to do this. Your mojitos are going to be watered down, you dipshits. Also, you don't leave your drinks unattended at a party. No, not in Miami. No. <laughs> 
This would have been a very different movie when the mannequins came and, and spiked her drink and then took her away. And turned him into a mannequin. And then yes. they convinced her that she needed to be a mannequin or keep spending. <gasps> See, we could have done it so See, much better. So much better. Much better. The brightest star, I will say, is Lennon Parham coming in because I love her. She's in Minx. Yeah. She's done. She was on that one show with that blonde chick whose name I forget. I'm so bad at this today. My name is Joyce and I'm a shopaholic. Welcome, I'm the wife of a textile importer. <laughs> my husband found my secret stash in the linen closet. It, he found all of my cruise wear, and now he says that there won't be a cruise. Okay, hang in there, Joyce. What about you, Ryuchi? How was your week? My name is Ryuchi, and I'm shopaholic. Lennon Parham is a great character actress great comedic actress and i love when she pops up in things yes she was a delight in this and also clea lewis for that matter who gives us range here she was on yes. the ellen sitcom mm -hmm. which i watched religiously as a kid and mom still says she didn't realize i was homosexual <laughs> I, I again the cameos the cat like wendy malick comes in later mm -hmm. she, she's one of the most comedic one, like, one of the most prolific comedic sitcom actresses of our age yeah and it, she's in this god-awful shiny silver wig playing who? Who is she playing? Yeah, I don't know. Bargain Basement Anna Wintour in the wrong movie? I don't Base? know. Oh I don't my god, know. that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's, it's just wasted. Everything in this just seems wasted. Fred Armisen's character, is, as an actor, he was wasted. Yeah. It, uh, it's just, it's so grating. And also, why the fuck would anyone hire anybody without doing a background check on somebody? Yeah, even in 2009. Yeah, they would have run a credit check, especially if you're if you're if you are uh, uh, applying for a financial magazine. You'd think they would want to know that you're know. good with finances. I don't know that the UK has the same relationship with the concept of credit as we do. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fair. Which but is guess why what? They transfer. chose to do this in New York. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so. It's on them. Like, right. I'm not, we don't need to make excuses. No, we it's don't. Just this is an hour movie. Awful. I'm just saying maybe that's why. Uh, I do want to say, though, like, while she was doing the fans with that dance, yeah. it looked like she was airing out her vajayjay. I <laughs> 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 She does this thing where she's like, she's squatting and then she like takes the fan and basically like blow it. And it's, uh, yeah. Well, he just got her so hot. <laughs> she had to she had to dry everything off. Oh no. Cuz she flooded her basement. Gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, again, <laughs> her doing this stuff objectively is funny to watch. Yes. But they just put squandered. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Let's get out of here. At the ball, Bex's jacket unravels. She knocks over an elderly drunk woman and is mistaken for a member of the wait staff. She's sent with a platter to the table of magazine leadership, including both Alette and magazine owner, Mr. West. Luke smooths things over and the night takes a turn for the better. As he joins her out on the balcony and kisses her. Her work is being so well received that Bex is given a television spot with Luke and Alette takes her shopping. While Bex is trying on clothes, Alicia holds her purse and takes a call from Smith, thus finding out about Bex's debt issues. After purchasing dresses for her interview and Suze's wedding, Bex meets the seemingly friendly Miss Corch, only to learn that she is the new Shopaholics Anonymous group leader. She forces Rebecca to donate all of the clothes that she just bought, and after the meeting, Rebecca can't afford to buy back both dresses. Buys back the interview dress, leaving the bridesmaid's dress behind. During the interview, Derek Smith is in the audience and confronts Rebecca. 
Successful savings then terminates Rebecca's column after the public confrontation for bringing discredit on the magazine and believing she is a risk for not paying her debts. Suze is furious and hurt when she finds out Rebecca lost the bridesmaid's dress. Rebecca's father, Graham, is more sympathetic, remarking that the United States has not fallen despite its gigantic national debt and offers to sell his recreational vehicle to help her. Rebecca declines the offer, saying that he earned the camper through years of hard work and saving and that she will need to tackle her debts on her own. I tell you, that reads more inspiring than it watches. Yeah, it, it's 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 not. The, this ball scene was well, too much. The slapstick would work if the rest of the movie supported it at all. It's trying too hard to be a romantic comedy. Yeah. So your clothes unraveling and bowling over Lynn Redgrave. Like, again, in a vacuum, that's funny. A drunk Lynn Redgrave falling over these marbles? Yes. And then both of them cackling on a fucking ottoman in the middle of the bathroom? You know, Hilarious. It really sucks that this movie is as bad as it is, because <laughs> if if it were better, this scene would have been a nice ray of sunshine. Yeah. Like, it would have been funny. It would have been great. But, like, why did she wear the jacket to begin with? Oh, because uh, her outfit looks like the waitstaff. And then she's going to get confused as the waitstaff. And then she's going to take well, the no, Well, no. The- no, 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 no. She wore the jacket because she was you wearing a dress she had already worn. And in the Shopaholics meeting, she was like, but I still need to shop. So she had to go buy accessories for it. Again, the self-sabotage here is just bonkers. bonkers. I do like when she says that Alicia's a trout. Oh, Mr. Brandon, you serve as if you've served all your life. Oh, I paid my way through college waiting tables. Uh, Coincidentally, that fish weighs the same as the girl on your last cover. Oh, Oh, Alicia, remind me, were you a salmon or a trout? You were a trout. That was a fun line. That was a good line. Like, again, little moments here that could have been nipped tucked edited rearranged tightened more specific and yeah. some things could have landed here better i think and and again just stop and say hey i'm a part of the part like it, it. she tried to do that the other man was very aggressive but at any point she could have turned to another waiter and said hi i'm not actually a waiter yeah you it, should probably take care of this, this is it's just so but then we wouldn't have had the confrontation at the table We've had to be something else. Luke wouldn't have been able to get up and charm everybody with his waitstaff skills. But what does it matter? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and like, again, it just made it hard to watch. It did. Like, it's uh. so did this, the, the sudden romantic arc, because we, we're not getting a whole lot of, oh, she's growing on me kind of, except for when she's succeeding. Yeah. Because she's being mostly honest to him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. other aspects about her life, she's being honest about. Yeah. It's just these little things that don't make sense that are stacking up, which, okay, it absolutely once the magazine finds out that she's in debt, that matters. And I understand why he would feel betrayed professionally. But even still, the content of the writing yeah. sold ads. So despite the fact that, the, I mean, I guess it does kind of make, maybe I am trying to make too much meaning out of something that, does, that lost its meaning before we even got a chance to watch yeah, it. We, we, yeah, we don't, we don't have to. Uh, and again, like this debt collector coming to their place of work is not really a thing that happens and is highly illegal. 
it's highly illegal to to go in and say that it's I I can be here or I'm supposed it's a private sure, business. Sure, yes, they yes, 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 yes. Out. He's not he's not absolved from trespassing, but I may or may not have been a couple months late on a car note once and may or may not, but definitely had my car towed from work. Those things do happen, but again, to have a debt collector that is trying to collect on sixteen thousand dollars. Find out how she got in this terrible situation. How did she get so far behind? And then you take that information and you use it against her. What are the motivators? Pride, integrity, honor, fear. Tell her she'll lose everything. Tell her you'll slap a lien on her house. Tell her we'll print it in the papers. You got to take her right to the edge of the cliff. Let her think you're going to push her over. Last minute, pull her back and get what you want out of her. That, Erica, is how you earn a commission. Lesson I do love when Alette tells Alicia to hold her bag, but then the very next note I had was, oh God, how dare you, you bitch, when the phone starts ringing and you know she's going to answer it. Yeah. While Becky's off considering spending her first month's salary on what is ostensibly not a great dress for her size. Yeah. She is too short as a woman for that dress because it like swallows her like a shopping bag. Mm -hmm. Too many ruffles on it for her. A lot of these decisions, again, that uh, about to be supposed to be about a fashion forward character. Mm -hmm. She looks like shit in this dress, especially paired with that coat. But I was thinking a little more of something like this. I mean, I'd pair it with a new Yves Saint Laurent coat. Show me. So, Rebecca, take her bag. Mm -hmm. She looks like an eggplant that's starting to go blanched. <laughs> like it's. Yeah, the, the, I don't understand. The, again, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, especially when you've got movie proto movies before this. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada that are literally writing the book. All you had to do was follow that, right? And then ramp on it in a different way. And I don't believe that Alette would have would have thought that this was a good choice. And maybe that's why she basically reads her. But then she offers her the job. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. You know what else is hard to believe? That even if the the morning coffee show with Christine Eber Ebersole, who I love. Yeah. I don't believe that they wouldn't have pushed a commercial or if it's edited to tape that any of it would have mattered or live to tape that any of it would have mattered. Yeah. None would have just cut it. My ex-girlfriend told me she couldn't meet me today because I might risk contamination with an infection she picked up in Finland. <gasps> oh. Did you know she was part Finnish? Okay, we're on limited time here. Is there anybody else in the audience that would like no, to ask? No, no, no. The best is yet to come. Oh, God. Did you realize our Miss Bloomwood here is currently in the hospital with depression? Currently in the hospital with gallstones. Check is in the mail 14 times. Check is lost in the mail 14 times. Recovering from chemical fruit acid. Piece. This is the biggest thing she's lied to Luke about, that this man is not just an ex-boyfriend who's stalking her. It's a debt collector who's stalking her. Yeah. But if she had been upfront about that from the beginning, how refreshing for a financial magazine to staff someone who's struggling to get out of debt and relating their experiences to a public who may also be struggling to get out of debt. You know, Honestly, this would have been a very different movie if that's the way that went down, because if it would have been where Luke was knew about her struggle, had and was trying to help her right. and she was refusing the help, at least that's creating tension between those characters yes. to create something. But like, eh. because then he would have a challenge of despite her clear talent and how successful yes. she's making me, 
She's ruining herself still doing this. Do I actually care enough about her? Yes. That would have been more. That would have been better. Would it have been Luke's movie at that point and not hers? No, it still would have been her movie. Hmm. Luke would have just been the the supported. He would have been the supporting cast basically saying, hey, I know that this is you're doing this, but you're self-sabotaging yourself here and you're not listening. And now it's come to bite us publicly and I can't help you anymore. Yeah. Like that would have been the low point. But the low point for her was she had to go back to her parents. And that's the other thing is like, if you truly believe that she was quote living a lie, the trite line of is your name even Rebecca Bloomwood should have happened. Yeah. But it didn't. No. Because she's not living a lie. She's just telling lots of lies. Look, you don't understand. No, you're right. I don't. So, so do what I hired you to do, Rebecca, and make the truth clear to somebody who absolutely doesn't understand. I shop. Oh, so you lie because you shop? Okay, okay, why do you shop? What? Come on, come on. Well, you're not giving me time. Well, time for what? To make something up? Just for once in your life, tell me the truth. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, well. it's, it's toot just toot. so stupid. Also, if you were getting a, if you were getting a dress... Like if you're getting an outfit for a TV appearance yes. for your company, yes. the company would pay for the dress. Minimum, they'd reimburse. Like you, you might need to pay up front, but then submit. But literally, like a form. the company took her out to go pick out an outfit. Well, they had to fill that loophole by having a let leave. Well, and they would have a they would have a company account. Almost certainly, yes. Bill it to a let. Exactly. You saw her. You saw. Remember a let? I was in here with a let. Go ahead and bill this to a let, but at her magazine, a let. The magazine that she named for herself. <laughs> oh my god! Go ahead and go ahead and send the bill there. Yeah. Again, this would have added stakes to when the the stuff gets donated to the thrift store. That like, uh, this is my company. It's a bigger like, decision, right? It's it's now the decision to get back that for her job means that she's now taking seriously her job. Yeah. But and and throwing her friends by the way, it's, it's a bigger it's a bigger decision. That I can absolutely explain. Okay. Explain. Explain. The fact is, is that it's just so petty. She's making petty fucking decisions through the entire movie. I will say that when confronted with her, the, the little speech that he gives about her is pretty great. Yeah. It's a solid defense, but I don't know if he's actually describing this character. Rebecca Bloomwood was the most vivacious, funny, inspiring woman I have ever met. And she lived a lie. We know that now. But what she wrote in her columns was the truth. She had a voice. Because she wrote honestly from her perspective. Yeah. She... She lied about things. It's like I just said, she didn't really lie about her life per se. Um, but then we cut to them on that snowy beach. And my first li- my first thought was, Ooh, did they drive to Finland? <laughs> yeah. You can't drive to Finland. From no, New York, folks. no, no, no. <laughs> but also they got this giant Winnebago that like they had purchased their, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but he, they bought a Winnebago with all of their life savings. Yeah. We mentioned that. Okay. Anyways, but uh, he offers obviously to sell the Winnebago to help her get out of debt. And she's like, no, 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 I could never let you do that. Your mom and I think if the American economy can be billions in debt and still survive, so can you. 
The RV is worth about 13. No, Dad. You want to? I will kill you if you sell it. It completely defines you. Completely. Nothing defines me except you and your mother. The message of you mean relationships and experiences and perspectives define you and material goods don't mm -hmm. would have landed so much better if even at this point we gave a shit about her. Yeah. Well, the fact is we don't. So like we get to this point and who can, who matters? We've checked out 40 minutes ago. Yep. Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, pay this bill and get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> huh? What offers Rebecca a position at the magazine, but since it would involve writing about affordable fashion that is not really affordable and encouraging more credit card use, Bex turns her down. The members of Shopaholic Anonymous help Rebecca stage a girl in the green scarf wardrobe sale, which generates significant interest. Everything sells with the last item on the block being the original green scarf. Having defended Bex, Luke's job is in danger, but the owner surprises him by offering to start a new magazine. As they talk, Luke realizes he wants to strike out on his own possibly inspired by Bex earlier telling him that he could see him running his own business. The grand total from the auction is over 16000 allowing Rebecca to pay off her debt. She takes 9000 to Smith's office in pennies, giving him what he deserves in the most annoying and inconvenient fashion as he did to her. Bex shows up at Suze's wedding wearing the bridesmaid's dress, which she traded back from the homeless woman for her clothes. They reconcile, and Suze and Tark are married. Exhilarated by her growth, she finds Luke in front of her. He presents her with the green scarf, having sent both bidders. They kiss on the street, and she talks about how giving up shopping has allowed her time for other things, including a relationship with Luke. I just realized why the name Tark, Tarquin, makes so much more sense mm -hmm. in the context of this being a novel. That's not a name American children get very often. No. But it is not an uncommon name for English children. Yes. This shouldn't have been in New this York. Should not have, or change his name. Yeah. Change the things that are important to change it, to make it a story that is culturally relevant to Americans rather than just. And makes sense. Changing the locations and the accents. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. And, and trust your audience to know that they're smart enough because my God. And like, why does being thrifty mean her mother has zero personal sense of style? Like even a, a goofy thrifter isn't going to pair that dress with that shirt while shoving a cake in a French woman's face. I don't yeah. understand it. And honestly, if she was that thrifty, like she wouldn't be. It, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's dumb. Like it, it it's a, it's a caricature yeah. of that type of person. And it's unfunny. It's not heightened enough. Yeah. Even Kristen Scott Thomas, even Alette is not heightened enough. Mm -mm. Like she's playing in a different film. She's doing it well because she's Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah. Affordable fashion. 500 words, once a month. Welcome to Alette. <laughs> I can do affordable fashion. I mean, I know where all the sales are. Yes, she does. Oh. In fact, she got that for me. Oh, I no, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. Oh, and uh, back to Winnie Mouse wig. Spend the money. I get that this is a movie about not spending too much money, but spend the money on Wendy Malick's wig. Yes. And also, there's not really a transformation of Becky's character. She just stops shopping. She just stops shopping. She sells everything, which is what we said she should do to begin with. It's yeah. the option. Truly, this it, when you spend too much money on clothes and suddenly you're in debt because of your designer clothes, mm -hmm. your only option, your safest option, your fastest option is to sell those fucking clothes. Yes. 
Ready. Accessories. Ready. Shoes. Ready. Millinery. What you call me? Hats. Yes, and then we get to the end of it, and she's in fucking designer clothes again. Again. So it's like... what Because she's at a job with, like, she's working for Luke's publication and presumably is making more now so she yeah. can afford it, but that's not explicit. You know what would have been a funnier sort of denouement to this with her mm-hmm. in designer clothes? Coming out of, like, a Goodwill on the Upper West Side, like somewhere yeah. where rich people went live, kind of like she had to do with her own clothes. Yeah. And like came out looking like hot shit, having spent fifty bucks. Like that would have been a better a fucking Macy's, like <laughs> Red Apple Sale, right? Like right. It's like there's a big Macy's store in New York. It's famous. Like yeah. come on, it's it's really stupid. And again, like understanding that she turned this job down because it's you know uh, forcing her to lie. But at the same time, it's just like she could have had this job to begin with. Like <laughs> there's no reason she couldn't have. Yeah, it would have been different if she would have gotten that job. Or at least had gotten the job earlier in the movie and then realized that, oh, this isn't what I want to do. And then starts to make the reforms for herself. But it seems like she's being forced. To I the mean, she realizes of, that she needs to because she, as she says, ruined her career on TV. Has she learned anything? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, she doesn't have more credit cards. Well, at know. least that we know. Yeah, I, yeah. exactly. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be convinced at the mm-hmm. end of this that she has learned anything. I don't except- think she has. Except for pay your bills on time and have fewer credit cards. Yeah. Her arc is a kind of just a, a very shallow bump. Yeah. Like we get a little bit and she's right. Basically right back to where it's she less was. of an arc and more of an arch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, there is one thing that I did need to rant on real quick. Okay. When your employee comes to you and says, I have an appointment. Is it okay if I go take my lunch to do that? You don't then pry. Who's the appointment with? Who? Are, what are you going to do? And then snatches a pieces of paper from her, which could be, I don't know, a medical document, sure. something like that, that he has no business yeah. uh, being around. Like that, It should be the end of it. If I say, I have an appointment, okay, great. When will you be back? Awesome. That's it. Especially if you're a journalist, because they, they make a lot of uh, guff about different like at one point he's like, you know, what gets people to buy magazines? It's 2009. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You're going to have to try real hard for real good. Like, I I don't know the answer to that question. And I didn't know it 15 years ago. Exactly. But there's a reason digital got uh, like became what it became. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I've got. That's all there is. This one was made for 44 million and it made 108.3 million. So I guess somebody considers it successful. I mean, they probably spent most of that on the fucking, Marketing. uh, up, no licensing, the applauding mannequins. Oh yeah. Because I will say this and I've, I've been saving this, the animation on the an, uh, mannequins top notch. It's actually really good. It's actually really good because when it, they started moving, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I just, and I, I was I, like, I kept okay. expecting them to be like Jerry Bruckheimer bringing some of his, uh, uh, pirates of the Caribbean, whatever right. effects crew along to but, this movie, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think that's also why I partially expected them to be sort of an insidious force as much as they were a tempting force. Yes. Like there should have been something sinister about them that, that implied, the actual depths of uh, problems you can get into by going in debt. I don't know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 27%. (laughs) Anna Smith from Empire Magazine gave it a three out of five saying it's hardly suspenseful stuff, 
But the sassy New York shopper angle should keep sex in the city fans happy without patronizing them quite so cynically. Uh, disagree. Hard disagree. Hey, that's a, uh, yeah. And I hardly, I, I disagree with that very strongly. Uh, Marjorie Baumgarten from the Austin Chronicle. Uh, she said the problem with nipping at, at the designer heels of confessions is not the state of the economy, but rather it's the film's predictability. I'd yeah. say it's both. Uh, yeah. Nina Kaplan at timeout said, if you want gritty realism, see a, see an art house movie or shop at a pound store as journalist, Rebecca, Isla Fisher is silly and adorable. Just like the adaptation of Sophie, Sophie Kinsella's novel. Yeah. I, I don't know what these guys saw. Me neither. I, I, but funny enough, uh, viewers give it 49%. And there was a review that echoed you before you even saw it. Georgian G on October 11th, 2020 said, there's just not enough. there." there two and a half stars. <laughs> Oh, yes. I saw this, this bigger one that I thought might resonate with you. Okay. Uh, this was March 1st of 2017. Gave it a half star. I hated this movie with a passion. It was very irresponsible in its portrayal of the serious problem of this serious problem. But what is, but what annoyed me the most is how other characters gushed over the writing talent of the main character, which was woeful at best, particularly the big ending pieces of reflection. Uh, I spent, much of this movie yelling at the screen. Where is this supposed talent? How is this good writing? And uh, there's not much more else. Uh, not much more worth mentioning. I yes, <laughs> it, it absolutely it is. It is making light of a very serious problem, which is credit card debt in America yeah. and the world probably. Um, but also, yeah, it, she's an okay writer, I guess. Right. But like we don't get any real like I don't see this selling ads. Yeah. Last but not least, another half star completely removed every lovable aspect from Sophie Kinsella's novel Americanized and Unbearable. That sounds accurate. OK. Yeah. No awards. No awards. Uh, we do have some trivia, though. Uh, the film adapts uh, the film adapts the two books of the secret dream world of a shopaholic and the shopaholic abroad. Which is, uh, which in the United States were known as Confessions of a Shopaholic and Shopaholic Takes Manhattan, respectively. Uh, the film uses the novel's American title, Confessions of a Shopaholic, reinterpreting Rebecca as an American rather than English. According to the DVD commentary, Lithgow turned down the role of Edgar West twice before accepting it. Armisen was approached for the West role after Lithgow initially turned it down, but after Lithgow changed his mind, the Ryan Koenig role was written for Armisen. That makes sense. He'd have been better as Lithgow's role. He would have been because he would have been a, a quirky fucking, uh, you know, magazine empire executive. I could see that. And Ed Helms was originally cast as the debt collector, Derek Smith, but scheduling conflicts, pre conflicts prevented him from taking the role. So he shot the video role in one day. Oh, right. Because he cameoed on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, the, 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 the debt collector, you know who you reminded me of? Are you, if, are you about to tell me that he looks like the variant of John Mulaney who never found cocaine? No, that's very good. Because that's what I got. <laughs> Do you remember the boss from The Incredibles? Yes, but a taller version. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of. Anyways, uh, Josh, um, they, they've heard what I've thought about how terrible this movie is. I what I thought too. There's, yeah. There are a <laughs> lot of individual pieces here. But they're taped together poorly. Uh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's it's there, I, terrible. We've, we've laid it all out. I don't know that there's much more to say on the subject. There isn't. Uh, 
all, all this to say, don't see this movie. You don't need to. Or you do. It. It's just know what you're getting into. I guess. Or read the book instead. I'll advocate that every day. Read there the books. There we go. Yes. Because they sound great. And again, they're held up as an example of solid story structure in novel form. So, yeah. hey, give those a shot. Give those a shot. Give those a shot. Hey, Clancy, where can they find? What accent is this? <laughs> give those a shot. Clancy, where can they find us on social media? Uh, they can find us on, and I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, also, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcasting platform of preference. It helps game the algorithm. I don't have anything else, and I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah, let's do this. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my beautiful and uh, gorgeous husband, Josh. Those mean the same thing. And we are non Nonplussed. Truly. Non-fucking-plussed. It's one of those plussed. rare times where the title of the show accurately describes how we feel. Like, I honestly would watch teenage, The Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen 40 times before ever watching this movie again. You know, well, now I want to watch Confessions of a Teenage Mutant Drama Queen. I think that that would be a different film that I would probably enjoy a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Cow- Cowabunga. Cowabunga. Screenblade by Tim Firth, Tracy Jackson, and Kayla Alpert. Screenplay. You said Screenblade. <laughs> Screech play by Slingblade by Springplay by Bex switches the... <laughs> Luke likes the letters she sent to the members of Shaka Pahalika... Shaka-ka-ka. The members of Shaka Khan Anonymous. Shaka Khan Anonymous. <laughs> the members of the Shaka Khan Apocalypse cult. That's our t-shirt. Shaka Nana, shop, Shaka Khan Anonymous Apocalypse. <laughs> the members of Shaka The <laughs> Where me better? Trying to get out of here. I'm sorry. Luke likes the letter she meant to send to an Luke likes the letter she meant to send to Alette. Luke likes the letter she meant to send to Alette. Luke likes the letter she meant to send to Alette. Ha ha. Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your App Store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers! Bye! Bye.